0: Welcome, everyone. Hello, this is Lori Wantra and thank you for listening. Today's topic is all about what do you do? It's a question that seems to roll off our tongue whenever we meet someone new. If we're curious about them, or it can be a conversation starter, it's a way to begin or open a door to something more. The next time you fly, notice those around you that begin a conversation with their new seat companion, and it often starts with the conversation that way. What do you do? Sometimes it's where you headed, but most often it's what you do. When you meet someone new, notice how quickly this question might come up. It's a doorway into getting to know someone on a different level, finding that commonality that we might have with the person sitting next to us or somebody that we've just been introduced to. We've learned to create the one minute elevator description in ways that label and identify who and what you are all about to make it comfortable and quickly explainable to the other person. It gives us that quick identity, or it can be that gateway to a deeper conversation of what we do and who we are. But is what we do who we are? Is that the same thing? I'll admit, when I was in corporate America, that was a relatively easy question for me to answer. My easy response usually went something like this. I lead global IT teams for large-scale software deployments and organizational change that includes people, process, and technology. That's easy to have that roll off my tongue, and it's easy for others to somehow pick out pieces of that and maybe identify to it. It was something that people could relate to, and in most cases, it gave them that what I do versus just simply a title. I met someone once, and I gave them my title as CIO, or Chief Information Officer, and then found out he was ex-military. So in his reference, chief meant something totally different, and I could tell by the look on his face, he was totally baffled. I had to quickly correct myself as to what that meant. But life shifted. And as I came into more of who I am versus what I do, the lines began to gray. I didn't want to be known by what I do. And most of us don't. We want people to know who we are, not what we do, because they're usually very different sitting on airplanes would be uncomfortable when I was asked that question. Which I am story do I want to provide? I'd briefly eye up who was asking and intuitively measure what might be that person's comfort level in hearing. Am I a corporate executive or am I a psychic medium? Because there was a time in my life that I was really doing both. There are a few times or were a few times along my path that I was actually advised to perhaps not lead with that. Not tell people, hi, I'm a psychic medium shaman that walks many worlds. I was born with those skills and gifts versus others that I had learned and gathered along my path. And honestly, when people suggested that I not express that part of me, it caused me to wonder if it was something that they were uncomfortable with, something they hadn't been exposed to or experienced, or maybe they had imprints that that was all too wooey wooey or was bad stuff. One of my gifts that I developed quite early on was looking at people's aura and using my intuition to give me a better gauge as to what they might be willing to hear, how open they were, or could I acknowledge what my gifts are, who I really am without freaking them out. I can't prevent somebody from feeling weird about what I describe as what I do, but I could maybe soften it. One case comes to mind where I purchased a cast iron angel and that angel sits on my desk today and she holds my business cards. And I walked into a small town antique store. In fact, this was my hometown and I had my dad with me. So this was a long time ago. I laughed because I believed that the store and the angel called to me. I went right to her and knew immediately, no matter what the cost, she was coming home with me. And as I held her, I could already see her sitting on the corner of my desk, holding my business cards and a few rocks. But as I was walking through the store and letting my dad kind of meander through, the shop owner asked me what I might do with her. I said, she's going to go on my desk to hold a few stones and my business cards. That's exactly what her role was going to be. Wait for it. He then asked me, what do you do? So I told him, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a psychic medium, and I see clients to help them connect with their angels, guides, astral beings, and loved ones that have crossed over. And then I watched his aura change, and I knew I had freaked him out. Time for me to pay for this angel and leave. Later, I'd shared this story with a friend and she was able to shed just a little bit more light on this. Apparently, the shop owner was known to be very religious, very strict in beliefs. So perhaps not quite so open to the metaphysical world. Yet, perhaps that conversation was a starter for something else for this person. Maybe I needed to speak my truth at that moment for me just as much as for him. In either case, that angel still has a prominent place on my desk and she reminds me every time I look at her that I wasn't in a place of fear, hiding, embarrassment, or anything else. I was simply describing her purpose and what I do. I can laugh now when i I talk about walking this journey and moving from full-time corporate being to a part-time healer and full-time corporate to now full-time speaker, author, healer, psychic medium, and with very little to minimal corporate strategic planning or coaching. The seesaw flipped for me from one direction to another. And much like a seesaw, it can either be a very gentle transition where you ride up on one end and down on the other, or it can be an incredibly bumpy one. I think we've all had that experience of being on a real seesaw and being at the top and having the person on the bottom step off so quickly that we come crashing to the ground. That's the difference between an easy seesaw ride up and down very gentle to that crashing down. Everything we do comes with purpose. And that time in my corporate job was with purpose, and I still relate very much to it today. I value all those experiences as they are part of me and part of my journey. So do many of my clients and fellow healers. The universe is smart in that way, always giving us exactly what we need when we need it for the next leg of our earthly race. People would ask me how in the world a psychic medium, shaman, healer would end up in corporate America in the world of science and technology. The truth is I needed to be there and the universe was smarter than me in putting me there. It helped my left and my right brain balance and develop equally. It gave me skills in running a business, leading people, dealing with conflict, traveling the world and experiencing different cultures, planning, executing, and the importance of both dreaming and action. It gave me a solid place to hone my intuition in daily decision making. I'd sit at the airport for hours waiting for my flights, watching people's energy. If I had free time at the airport or in my hotel room at night, I would journal. I would write. One of my favorite flight memories was a trip to England. I sat next to an engineer that worked on the Geneva Combustion Chamber. Now, that chamber is known for studies, experiments, and all the equipment that tests and studies motion and the interactions of anything ons, meaning atoms, Electrons, ions, the gases or the electrical fields, all those basic laws of energy. It really was an unexpected conversation around how they purposefully crashed particles or atoms to see what would happen and how that energy was transmuted from one thing to another. And they would look what it was transmuted two science validation that energy changes from one thing to another but it still exists it doesn't disappear, doesn't necessarily grow, it transforms. In my world where everything is energy, and I've studied energy, this six-hour flight was educational, fun, eye-opening, and it really helped me relate to what I already knew or believed about energy, but it just helped me put the science words and the science world around that. It gave me a science definition to energy and how they need to come together and how they need to live in the same space. The universe puts us exactly where we need, when we need it, and helps us interact with those we need to meet. So much like this gentleman was talking about the combustion of atoms and how energy is transmuted, I realized so too was my energy. My energy was transmuted on that flight. The universe is always teaching us and preparing us for what we need in the future, even when we think we'll never use it again. Even when we try to ignore it or we miss the signs, the universe brings it back around for us. Energy in the universe is forever forwarding, and so everything that we do forwards us or prepares us for something in the future. Describing what we do gives us a relatable foundation to begin. It doesn't have to be the end thing. It can be a beginning or it can be a discovery. Either we might understand what the person does or gives us the opportunity to ask more about it. As humans, we seem to seek ways to connect and relate. We do this on the doing level, not on the emotional, mental, or spiritual levels. It's just not okay to ask people, how they are in their emotional state or how they are in their mental state or their spiritual states. Asking what you do is safe. The universe doesn't want us to be in our little safe zones. The universe is always teaching and pushing us to get out of that zone and learn. And the way we learn is to be curious, to step outside our boxes. We are beginning to have more curiosity in who we are, not so much what we do, who we are, what makes us tick, what energizes us, what deflates us. In fact, so many people are deciding to leave their jobs and pursue their passions. The last few years have created this wave of people leaving jobs and moving to something that is more alignment with who they are. The realization that they don't have to be stuck or feel stuck in a job that doesn't fulfill them. So we're seeking this freedom and we're seeking this expansion. We're seeking things that are more enjoyable in life. Now, Chiron is a comet that is known to help us see and heal our deepest wounds from past present and clear them away so they don't bombard us in the future. Chiron's been bouncing around in Aries since 2018. He spent a bit of time in Pisces in 2018, then went right back into Aries where he remains until 2026 when he then enters Taurus. That's a long time for us to evaluate who I am. And that's the archetype of Aries. So it's very logical for us to be in this time of discovery. Who am I and what am I doing and is not in alignment. It's time for us to explore who we are, who we think we are, and who we really are, as all planets do even Chiron will move into Taurus and then go retrograde back into Aries before settling in Taurus until 2033. The archetype for Taurus is I have. So in this time period of us readjusting or recreating or realigning of who we are, it's also on the horizon looking at what we have. And of course, in third dimension, we need income and revenue to have those things in life. So Chiron being in Aries from 2018 to 2026 gives us a long span of time to discover who we are. And we feel the energy of Taurus of what we have. So from 2026 to 2033, it's about building, building what we have based on our new description of who we are. This is the time of alignment of who we are and what we do and what we have, how we establish our life and align with those things. And all of those things have to make sense to us. They have to feel good. They have to bring in the age of Aquarius, that freedom. When I look back at Chiron, the last time Chiron was here was in the early 1900s to 1927, and then again, 1968 to 1976. Now, if you look at those time periods, those were some major life and global changing times for everyone. 1929 to 1939 was the worst economic turndown on history. 1969 to 1979 was all about Cold War, landing on the moon, Vietnam War, Watergate. Countries began to define their boundaries where there's a separation of the United Arab Emirates. Iran and Qatar became independent from Britain. British-imposed rule over Northern Ireland. There were so many more things happening in that time span than I can cover here, but it was a time of major shift. In reincarnation, we get to reestablish who we are in each lifetime, but we forget as humans we have that same opportunity to recreate our lives and certainly to become more aligned to our soul mission in one lifetime. We talk about the age of Aquarius and it being that time that brings the strong push for freedom, whatever that means for us, being more identifiable with our soul. But the truth is, is before we get to that place of freedom or what the soul is screaming as freedom, we have to clear and heal and remove those things that hold us back. Those things that keep us from being our pristine energy, our core source of divine light and love. It helps to understand what what we might be holding onto or what might be holding us back, and why we're experiencing some of the things in this lifetime. And the honest truth is some of the things that hold us back is what we do. You are here at this time in this lifetime to heal karmic contracts, wounds, ancestral, present-day imprints. You're here to change your beliefs and practices so you stop the imprints. You're here to play a role as to teach others to stop the imprinting of the energy of the past. The past ages, the ages of Pisces and the ages of Aries, This age of Aquarius is the most global sign of the zodiac, and it rules networks, communities, those things that are based on mutual and common vision. It's collaboration. So in the next 2,000 years, there's no more place for top-down hierarchical cultures or extreme political doctrines. Aquarius is a democratic, egalitarian sign. The types of top-down systems that have dominated our society in the last millennia will simply cease to work because we'll see them as needing something different. We're seeing ourselves as needing something different. The shift in the world is slow, and sometimes it doesn't feel like there's any shift happening at all, but there is. It's just very slow. In the world of politics, religion, judicial, education, medical, corporate, all of those, it's slow. But the age of Aquarius comes with a completely different operating system, something that requires us to hold more light, meaning we need to have more compassion, more love, and definitely more balance. The codes and keys that we've been receiving from the universe is preparing us for this time and for the future. We've seen increased solar flares, and we are entering the beginning of a four to five year stretch of increasing solar storm activity. Don't get in your head about how painful, energy-sucking, draining, awful, impacting, psyching yourself up energy... This is a time where these amazing codes and keys are dropping in from the universe. The headache you might feel, sinus pressure, body aches, foggy brains, low energy, followed by volumes of energy is all about rewiring of the neural pathways in your DNA. It's about the cellular shifts needing to change in order for us to absorb and glow more light. We have to physically change. And yes, for us to be who we are here to be, we have to change. It's not so much doing anymore, but it's being. The universe is dropping in education, information. Those codes and keys are being given to us. It is helping us know where to put us so that we can be where we're needed to be. In this case, where do you need to be? Where do you need to shine more light so that you can give more light and be more light? Chiron forces us to look at deep wounds, imprints, where we are off, where we're unhappy or misaligned with those love-based actions in our life. What tools do we need for our transitions and the transmutation of our personal energy? Who do we need to show us? to help us, or just support and encourage us. Suddenly, in this new age of being, what we do only becomes important in that context that it is the fulfillment of who we are and how we are stepping in to help humanity make a shift. I'm going to say that one more time. We're moving into a time where what we do only becomes important in the context that it is the fulfillment of who we are and how we are stepping in to help humanity make this shift there will always be people that ask what you do. I've had a few interesting interactions with the world of science. One was to replace my HVAC system on my home this last spring. And I chose to get a few estimates, which required allowing those experts to, come into my home and look at what I have now, make measurements, make some recommendations, create a quote. It's always a really fun experience when I have people into my home. One particular gentleman opened the door to my chi room, which is also my sound healing room. And the room has three sets of Tibetan bowls, 10 or more crystal bowls, tuning forks, sulfigio tubes, drums, chimes, rain drums, and a few racks of gongs. The subtle look as he opened the door, then turned around. I was waiting for the question, but instead is, what do you have going on here? Or what's all this for? In either case, it prompted me to respond. I do sound healing. I use these tools to move energy. Similarly, as the same gentleman walked through the rest of the house, I heard questions about all my rocks and crystals. And those conversations were really fun you must really like rocks to individuals sharing their own personal stories of their own collection or how others in their lives have been known to collect rocks. One brave soul asked what they all do. So he must have had some previous experience to feel brave enough to ask. Another speculated that I must kill plants to have so many rocks in my house. Over the years in this home, I've had many vendors that would sit at my kitchen table and write out quotes for whatever they were there for. They would ask casually, what do you do? And my answer would traditionally be. I left my corporate information technology job a number of years ago and now work with energy. The energy of angels, guides, astral beings, and loved ones that have crossed over that are here to teach and support us through our transitions. Because they really are. No, I don't walk up to people on the street or in stores. That's an invasion of their personal space. And I've seen way too many other psychics or healers do this and then seen the shift in people's aura after. It's horrible. Unwelcomed energy bounces off and can leave a fragmentation for the unsuspecting person. In my interactions with those that have come to deliver, fix, quote, something in my home, I've noticed a shift in curiosity and acceptance over time. Typically, those younger than me tend to be a little bit more in the know of common words and phrases knowing somebody that sages their home or collects crystals or does Reiki or other energy. And then there are still some that are very closed off and they just don't want to hear anything that I might have to say. But I like to believe That whatever I say has cracked open a door for them just in mentioning who I am. I am indeed a moving body of energy that interacts with all energy of the universe, and the energy of the universe is usually beyond people. I also have become wise in knowing that sometimes I don't have to say anything. It's just my energy that's creating a shift or an opening. And the person that I'm interacting with is experiencing exactly what they need to experience. It's not my duty or my responsibility to explain what I do, but it is my duty and my responsibility to show up to who I am and what my purpose is to do here while I'm here. If you find you are in a place that you struggle with what you do, or you are doing something that you want to leave and move on to something that's more in alignment with who you are or where you want to be, wait. Expect the gentle seesaw movement. Nobody likes the crash of falling. And remember the tornadoes, the volcanoes, the hurricanes that come in your life only come when the universe is speaking to you and you haven't been listening. This is truly a time and a gift from the universe of transformation and transition into who we are. The Chiron is helping us heal. The Aries energy is helping us remember who we are. This is Lori Wondra of Your Life Core, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Messages from the Universe. I'm Lori Wundra. For current events or to schedule a private session, please visit www.yourlifecore.com.